0: welcome to another episode of I Am The Night, the weekly show where Adam and I, hello Adam. Hello. Break down the episodes that we love of the TV show that we love, Batman the Animated Series. Today we're looking at episode 46 of the show and this is episode 41 of I Am The Night. And um, well, all the usual suspects are sitting around a table telling the stories of how they they almost got him. him. And what did you make of this one?
1: Well, you say uh, we talk about episodes that we love, but we've talked about all of them. So it's a showing just how strong Batman the Animated Series is. But it's strong because it has such a great cast of characters and it represents these classic figures of Batman lore and myth so well in their own lights. We see them as the Joker as this figure of chaos. We see this perfectly nutty duality to Two-Face the bird obsession of Penguin and the plant obsession of Poison Ivy but we never see them all together because canonically speaking these characters really can't stand each other at least in the comics as far as I can remember mm-hmm. but it's nice to see that there's no Loss here but it's still quite an evocative powerful thing to see Absolutely. all of those characters gather together a lot like that really famous painting with the dogs playing poker yeah. but <laughs> yes. obviously they're a lot more insidious than those puppies playing poker but still, it's a really powerful thing, and they handle the dynamics of the episode of these characters so well in this episode, and it was such a wonderful thing to see, and I'm blown away by the scope of it. It was a very,
0: very good episode. I mean, you're a writer, you're someone who tells stories. Right. Um, in terms of writing, this one is right up there in the upper echelons of so brilliantly put together a piece of television.
1: It's telling five or six different stories all at once. The side stories are kept contained and little and as nuanced and as specific as possible so that it doesn't need like huge reams of detail. But all of these stories could have been their own episodes to begin with. Oh, totally. But the fact that they were just boiled down to this most clear-cut moment so that we can see all these villains talking back over the time that they almost... Bested Batman into one great uh, conclusion is a very powerful thing, and they handle it really well in this episode. To be able to pace it so that we don't get hung up on one person's story or another, and all the stories are still like fairly um, contained and like self-evident, but then it wraps itself all around into one huge thing, which just blows a reader, uh, viewer away. Very powerful stuff.
0: Absolutely, this does rank um, not only as one of my favorite episode of the series of all time but this is one that every fan everyone who's, who's fallen in love with this series over the years will put in their top 10 without a shadow doubt. this one Heart of Ice, The Rush Huggles Story, Robin's Awakening and a few others are right up there as those classics and even rewatching, and this is one I've seen probably a dozen times. That's why when you went in the title, I said, Oh, we're in for a treat, and then, bless you, you said, you but Say Dad, that every you- episode, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you do, but you were right to make the points about that this one because this one's oh, very oh, special. Oh, I mean,
0: when you see Eric Gradomsky directing and Paul Dini writing anything, Paul Dini writes, I'm on board, sure. and this is a clear. Cut instance of that, and I love what you said right at the beginning that every character is so themselves, they are literally the archetypal essences of themselves in this episode. Mm -hmm. And it's like I said, around that table, it's almost all the usual suspects, and then one other turns up, and then one that on first viewing, I remember thinking, Hang on, there's someone really important missing here. But we'll come to that because, of course, they do show up and not exactly in the way we might expect. Um, So let's talk about each and every one of them. Right from the beginning, we see a pair of hands. And just from the very recent Joker's Wild episode, we know that there's only one figure in Gotham who can handle cards that that well. well. Yeah,
1: And it's good to see Joker's croupier skills on full show. And he's there dealing out to practically everyone. And he keeps the skills slow but it's also a really great bit of actual like cinema cinematography and direction so that oh, we yeah. can get the flicks of their voices and just shots of their hands and we know exactly yes. who everyone is before That's ever seeing so any faces right. so it's a really wonderful thing just to get that kind of character detail into the smallest fragments of the characters themselves but yeah we start off with the beautiful visions of Joke for doing those huge over the top riffle shuffles and dealing one handed, which I know that only like some of the best of the best oh, yeah. get, can really do in those like oh, high rollers yeah. tables in Vegas. That's a hard thing to do. And I handle cards a lot because I play a lot of like magic and Yu Gi Oh! and stuff, so I handle cards a lot and I can't do stuff like that.
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, like, like you quite rightly said, first of all, you see the purple gloved hands, you know who that is. Then one scarred hand, one clean hand. Yep. Then the scaly hands of, of Croc and the flipper-like yep. digits of the Penguin. And like you said, you're just hearing little snippets of dialogue. You recognise the voices, but you do not see a face. You don't see a shadow. You don't see a silhouette. But just from their hands and the way that they, they speak, you know exactly.
1: Even further, the way that they handle the cards. Because yeah. we see Two-Face... Um, send two back to the dealer draw two and it's like um, two jacks twos aces and it's like two pair yep it's a very very him kind of hand to sort of bank on but I'd have liked to have seen like just that focus of like the top down of the table just a tiny bit more personally because I feel like that's a very artistic way to tell a story and it's so good that they've been able to create visions of these characters so well that we can tell who they are just from the quality of that medium and that uh, little depictions of them.
0: Oh, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And like I said, there's a couple of people missing at first, but then we get arguably one of the best entrances mm. ever when Ivy gets there. And right from the start, the way she handles uh, Croc, shall we say, and the way she banters, I mean, that, that whole relationship, obviously, because when we first met her in this series, she was Harvey's girlfriend, yep. but wasn't. Yep. And that dynamic, that love-hate relationship is brilliantly written and acted. Yep. Yeah, we get that
1: passive-aggressive non-stop sort of nature of it. But oh, it wonderful? it's wonderful, honestly, that they even put that in at all. Yeah. Because that they used to they used to date, and the joker goes, oh, the audience, the yes. viewer, has the exact same reaction because we remember, because yeah. when we hear that, we are jumped back to her it's, first appearance in like episode seven or eight or something really early yeah. like that. But we also remember the fact that Harvey was a Harvey back then. So we also see how far that character's grown. And in 40-something episodes of a Saturday morning cartoon, that's far more growth and development oh, than you'd God ever yeah. really expect. But it's really nice that we're rewarding it. We're seeing it. And us long-standing viewers are being rewarded for being able to remember that. But it's also great context for someone who's just
0: jumping in. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And that's why they're like at each other's throats. Okay, that's nice. Absolutely right. Absolutely. But then think, and can you tell me, because honestly, and I've been around many years longer than you have, I don't remember a show before this one, an animated series, with actual continuity Mm -hmm. and nods back to previous episodes and previous stories. And like you said, that level... Of character development,
1: uh, I don't think there was. Honestly, I think like that sort of media was meant to be like your Saturday mornings, like uh, your Tiny Toons, your your Hanna that sort of stuff. It was just like something to put the kids in front of while mum and dad get ready for the day, just to sort of take them around and do whatever. I don't think animated media was that laid and that deep before then. It's starting to show do that now. Mm-hmm. And it might be, and it might have been that laid and that deep in like Eastern media and your animes and stuff. Yes, but nothing here. But that's, it's so rewarding to see that that's where it started and it's still carried over into other media.
0: Completely, absolutely completely. And it's a lovely tip of the hat because what I again from first viewing I thought, oh, sparks are going to fly here. Ivy and Harvey, mm. there's no love lost. Mm. But the way they both realise that they've come a long way and their thing they should be focusing on, their mutual enemy is Batman, hmm. is A, realistic, B, yeah. brilliantly written and handled, and C, like you said, that line, that diffused line of this banter, this this love-hate relationship going between them and everyone else looking on, like, what is going on here? Hmm. And that just simply brilliant line, oh, we used to date. Ah, ah. fan. Because that kind of like
1: spat and murderous intent is exactly the kind of spat and murderous intent two supervillains would have. Oh, completely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really wonderful bit of unexpected realism that we get in this kind of show, and I'd love to see it. Absolutely.
0: Now, let's talk about how each of these vintage villains. Oh, classic almost almost got him yeah and of course we start with with IBS. she's uh, oh no well, that that other brilliant line from joker let uh, i would say ladies, ladies first, first <laughs> there are no ladies present so pamela go ahead nice and passive aggressive but yeah it's uh,
1: nice that we see her doing something that's very relevant as of time of recording we're uh, just a few really? just under a week's away from spooky day itself the best day of the year oh, uh, yes but yeah, she has her own spooky day plan to just try and disseminate poison across the city through Jack o' Lanterns, which is a plot I've seen recycled in a couple of other bits of DC superhero genre. So mm. it's nice to see that it's a consistent plan. But, um, yep, we see Batman nearly choked out, which is something that reminds me of uh, Screen Junkie's honest trailers mm-hmm. of Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that this show is heavily starring is gas attacks. Yes. But yeah, it's a nice plan that, uh, nearly gets Batman choking on his regrets.
0: Fantastically put. And I love the way that each story, and, and we say it constantly, each story shows a disp- different aspect of Batman. And this is the Batman who knows his beat, so he relies on the gadget. Mm-hmm. He calls the Batmobile, the Batmobile runs runs off the road, knocks her into the fire, parks by him, grabs a gas mask. And he's Mm-mm. Set. Mm-mm. you didn't get me, girl. Nope. Um, Brilliant Brilliant really much so
1: Then we jump to Two-Face's story Yes Yeah Which is uh, interesting Because we see The thing that Bailed him out Against Poison and Ivy The gadgets We see them Taken away from him Yes But we see His resourcefulness Yes We see him Use Something that the Villain has to his own Motif Mm -hmm. The scarred coin As a little ways To help his own Escape from his own giant coin that would either shatter his bones or flatten him. And I noted it down, but Two-Face confirmed it later on in the episode that that was the giant penny that he has in the back here for no reason. Yes. Which I think
0: is just a lovely touch. A wonderful touch, and I'm so glad you picked up on it.
1: It's always been such an iconic sort of vista of the massive, over the top size screen of the back computer, the Tyrannosaurus Rex statue, and the giant Lincoln
0: penny. One more thing, the giant Joker card.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is even bigger than the painting. Yes. The painting is big. Yeah. But that sort of vista was always part of, like, the landscape of the Batcave itself. And I always wondered what the practical reasons would be for
0: him to have these knickknacks. Trophies. Yeah. Victories. Like, like any hunter, um, they're memories of jobs well done. See, now,
1: I don't think Batman would really want that for the sake of pride or showmanship or, like, collecting. I feel like he'd be more interested in maintaining the beat and maintaining his like groove to go out there and like take dangerous people off the streets and make them better or whole again or to keep up on people who he has saved but are on rocky foundations so him keeping trophies like that doesn't it's something that he could do but i don't think that's something he would like actually intend to do which is why i think two faces lines are also quite important the bank they let him keep it the bank gifted them gifted that to him as a present as a reward for dealing with Two-Face in the Breaking
0: yeah I can see that too because he is the kind of hero who wouldn't say no to a gift from his city yeah. he loves and the city he wants to protect yeah. he, but he- let's also remember that apart from in more recent stories the ones which go back to Batman's early years how he started building the cave the first story with the Batmobile the first story with the Batboat the first story of how he got the car the dinos or whatever else um, throughout my life, I cannot remember, like you quite rightly put, a Batcave without the giant penny, the giant card, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and the Batcomputers. It's it's been ingrained in my very DNA. Mm. So let's also remember that when those things were introduced, was the Golden Silver Age, where censorship um, stopped dark stuff happening, where Batman had a teenage sidekick, and perhaps then not so much trophies, but lessons learned. Mm these are the people we fight This is these are the tools of their trade this is how we defeat them this is how we learn our lessons Okay, it's a very 50s it's a, it's a, it is a 50s thing yeah, I can see that it's a golden age thing which yeah. uh, is
1: fine yeah. it's nice to show that even then they can still find ways to put those campy sort of uh, over the top trophies or rewards mm-hmm. into something of a darker continuity and it still makes sense yes. and it's still grafted on so that's a
0: another reward to good storytelling yeah. across time absolutely it's storytelling plain and simple and this this episode excels at it so of course after two of this, we get the wonderful killer croc story there was aired. a big rock <laughs> I had him trapped I had him caught him then what I threw a rock at him it was a big rock. <laughs> and then that beautifully paced tumbleweed moment where everyone's just looking at each other and looking at him. And you think, okay. And then and Ivy breaks the silence. By
1: not, by not even acknowledging him. Just like, so you, th- so you really took the belt off him, huh? Yeah. Or something okay. like that.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So good. Again, great writing and character mm. work. And next, of course, the penguin story the penguin story and this one like you said right at the beginning of the show vintage yeah. oswald Cobble. yep
1: yeah, the bird obsessed ornithologist or ornith fancier <laughs> if you I like uh, that. if you if you like because i don't think he's ever really studied birds i think he just likes birds or at least this version likes birds but uh, at the very least he also went in with a different approach Poison Ivy wanted to just sow chaos across the city because it's a city full of people that despise plant life. Two-Face wanted to pull a heist and killing Batman at the same time would have been a bonus. Penguin did this with an intentional trap of trying to lure Batman out to kill him with deadly birds. So we also see. Batman cornered by things that he doesn't necessarily know how to fight and mm-hmm. things he doesn't necessarily want to, like, destroy because these are wild animals and they're not doing it out of any fault of their exactly. own. Exactly. But still, he's able to use resourcefulness and his well-timing and his
0: awareness of the surroundings to be able to deal with the situation. Yeah, that's that side of the Batman for this, this one. The man who uses whatever is at hand. Yeah. And it's brilliantly shown in just the fact that He uses the sprinklers, the heavyweight on the uh, hummingbirds, which is something that does happen in nature. They try and get out of the way whenever they can because they are so small, so light and so fragile. And then the poison-tipped beaks of the hummingbirds themselves against the giant, was it a rock? Uh, Rocks are mythological. Uh, Yes, it can't have been a rock. A big, mean bird with razor-sharp claws and a beak that will rip your eyes out. Like
1: like an ostrich or an emu or a might as well be a rock, to be honest. This is, yes. This, this is DC. There, There's Dinosaur <laughs> Island. Come on.
0: Fact. And yeah, like so. we've seen three aspects of Batman in three different traps. We don't know what what aspect of Batman escaped the rock. But I mean, just being able to just move <laughs> he like ducked. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Something that I've only recently learned oh. how to do. But yeah, we see his resourcefulness come into play. So they're all as long as he is conscious i would say yeah he has a means of getting out of any predicament that these supervillains want to paint him into which then brings us to the smiley boy oh yes well we don't even really see how he was incapacitated and this time we just see him in the electric chair of smiley
0: doom yes yeah and which how he got there we don't know yep but it's also lovely that we see harley as well in on top form she is again the archetypal harley quinn here and she's totally operating on her own which is nice because she's got kitty yeah while laughing boys got batsy and here's where catwoman comes in and this is here's where the total angle the total view and perspective of the show turns around 180 degrees
1: it really does because we spent And I wasn't really keeping track of the runtime. I was going into this with just, oh, this is the supervillains in a a circle telling, like, campfire stories. Yes, It's just like, you know, when you're out with the scouts or the cubs or whatever. And you're all there with the flashlight being like, ooh, trying to tell scary stories. But this is the thing that supervillains fear, the superhero that beats them up every week. So I was probably prepared for for that to be the narrative. But we get the bait and switch of one of them isn't who they say they are. And it's a oh, wonderful, so wonderful Tarantino-level sort of thing. Oh, it's wonderful. And, yeah, all of a sudden, it's... Gilcock isn't exactly who he says he is, and we even get that he's not who he says he is when we see the the light shake oh, and that wonderful trick of the illusion of it of it being Batman and then, bo- and then not, and then back and then not. And the voice drops, and they all just freeze and draw their weapons Yeah, just on the dime but then more weapons are drawn. And it's just a, such a wonderful, like, the Rohirrim at the top of Helm's Deep Hill yep. moment. Of Completely.
0: Just like, where, where did
1: all this come from? It yep. was such a rewarding, like, swell of energy that I was not prepared for in this episode. It was such a rewarding thing to see, and it was just such a great moment.
0: Honestly. It was one of the best turn-the-tables moments I've ever witnessed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, you see all these villains there. As you said from the beginning, at this table playing cards. And you imagine that they're doing this in a villain's hangout. Yep. So when Batman reveals that he's been Killer Croc all along, and he said that beautiful moment where in light he's Croc and in shadow he's Batman, was just magic. But you think, well, hang on, what's he doing? He's still surrounded by the biggest, baddest, and worst of the worst. What is he doing? And then when every gun gets pulled on him... And then you see Bullock and Commissioner Gordon. Oh, fantastic. Every patron in that bar... Mm. We is would. a cop undercover. I just thought... Wow. Genius. So and good. it hasn't lost that impact. No. Nah. From the first
1: time I saw it. Yeah. I feel like the thing that makes the impact is just the sheer number of yes. police officers. Because we see like four, four, five, six different cuts of like at least three or three or four different individuals. So there must be like 30 or 40 officers. Oh, right? easy. Which there would need to be considering who's in the room. Yes. But it's still such a huge sudden switch that it shocks you but it's just such a huge visual that you can't really process it all at once so you feel as surrounded as the supervillains do.
0: And you're also at the same time thinking,
1: cool! Oh yeah. yeah.
0: It's brilliant. Oh yeah. And you've mentioned this character development. Hmm. The fact that Harvey's in on this thing where Hmm. at the beginning of this series he was was anti- Batman. Very mm. anti things like
1: that. We, we saw him grow in the last couple of appearances we've seen him in, yeah. but this is him, I think, rallying to the side of Batman. Batman is obviously an this thing. Oh, without a doubt. Because he had to go in in the croc disguise and knew where to find them, but still, Harvey's one of the one more senior officers in the GCPD, so mm-hmm. he would need to have to give some amount of go-ahead. So he's warmed up enough to him to be able to follow Batman's lead in a sting like this. Yeah. And it's a wonderful huge. bit of character development for him. Really, really Absolutely good. Absolutely
0: huge. And again, we see another aspect of Batman, the master of disguise, the master of mimicry. I mean, because um, no one even considered Consume, yeah. that wasn't Croc. But Especially with the Rock story.
1: Yeah, uh, with the Rock story and even at the beginning where Horace Ivy trips, cuts the chair out from under him. He and- lets her he, yeah, he lets her, and he, like, to quote our other, other, other love, um, wrestling, yes. he sells the move, because yep. he lets himself fall down and hits his face yes. on the table, just to make it look like he's more ophish and stupid. It's a very Sun Tzu sort of thing to play dumber than your mark, so that you let your enemies underestimate you. Yes. It's a wonderful bit of tactics.
0: Absolutely brilliant. So, of course, the dramatic all the impression. baddies. Oh, yeah, and how dramatic. All the baddies rounded up. But Harley has Kitty, and they want to chop her up into Cat Chow.
1: Which is a very ironic
0: and on-the-nose <sighs> way to go, but still. Wow, yeah, that's heavy. Of course, the other aspect, the hero, the protector, yep. the saviour. Off he goes to save Selina, and pure magic ensues. Very much so.
1: We get uh, Harley Quinn having a pretty good villain monologue, yep. which is... Something you don't really get out of her, especially these days, where she's more of this anti-hero, almost Deadpool level character. Yep. Um But we see him swoop in and put the real, and she puts the real good psychological whammy on him. of just like, get me or save her. You can't do both. But he knows his surroundings well enough, which we saw when he dealt with. Well, you Penguin. see him look
0: around as well. You actually yeah. see him taking everything.
1: Yep, which is uh, just a very detective good detectives detective trait, and sure enough, he uses that to his advantage so that he can get. Harley and Save safe Heart woman all on the same stroke without really putting in much
0: effort because he'd taken in everything he needed to. Fantastically done. So, all the baddies now. Harley, Joker, Two-Face, Croc, Penguin and Ivy are on their way back to Blackgate or back to Arkham. So, of course, the hero leaves. But, of course, Kitty follows. Yep. And arguably the cherry on a delicious cake of an episode is that scene on the rooftop
1: we get the first glimmers of what we would eventually see in the uh, issues leading up to detective 1000 mm-hmm. the budding romance and he even i do believe him when he says maybe when he does oh, consider completely. it but he never gives her the satisfying answer and just swoops away into the night and that Honestly, I think it's the closest any of those characters ever got to besting Batman. Yeah, and she says it. She says it and she means it. That's the closest any of them ever really got.
0: Yeah, because she looks down as he swings away and she says the immortal words. Uh, Almost got him. Fan bloody tastic. Oh yeah. I know, I think, what you're going to say when I ask the weekly question of Mm. standout moments, like it, hate it, things that really... Um, Stuck in your mind, stuck in your mind's eye. Oh, I really hope I say something that you didn't think of then. Um, I
1: really enjoyed this episode's ability to be such a point in Batman sort of media history that Mm. has gone on to inspire very Batman-related but Batman-adjacent bits of TV and film because we really cannot trust Joker on a talk show now, can we? (laughs) We, nope we can't do it nope. because he'll either like <laughs> pop one of the good fellas or he'll oh. like gas the audience to electrocute batman but still there's something very interesting about that joker's sort of like this great garish face that sort of appears through culture and with something a, a grand smile and a clan something we're supposed to trust in even especially if it's put on tv but in that setting we see him at his most dangerous with all eyes on him, which I think is something he always really likes. Oh, that's his entire thing. That's so his entire when stick. we so when we see the Joker in the talk show, the sort of colosseum of the 21st century, it's a scary type.
0: and it's not something we really want. But oh, yeah, without a doubt, and you said it very very well. Um, at time of recording, um, we're a couple of days away from the release of the final issue of Three Jokers, and I've written my review. It's it's up there. It's ready to go and. That book also does it, where you see that Joker, his main aim in life is to be all Batman cares about, all Batman is concerned with. Batman's life should revolve around him, and it's clear and oh, evident in this episode too. Really
1: is, really really is.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, again, it's this episode's a winner, but this is one of the winner winner. Winners. this this is five stars oh, this yeah. is gold top level um this is a desert island tv episode for me yeah and this is one that i'd be satisfied to watch forever
1: in isolation not even out of just lifting it out of because it rewards oh, yeah. you because it rewards you for knowing all that prior stuff mm-hmm. for knowing the origins of all of those villains and what have you but it's so strong as character pieces that you get a real sense of each of them as they oh, sort gosh, of interact yeah. with each other and just watching it as its own satisfying story it's
0: perfect as TV can get for me absolutely if there was one episode where people would say well I've never seen Batman the Animated Series what's one episode you would recommend for me to sit down and watch definitely this one this is definitely on that list without a shadow of a doubt fantastic well Adam it's always lovely talking to you but Again, you, you give insights and thoughts that sometimes make me think as well, and that's part of the beauty of doing this show. Thanks, son. Always a pleasure. Right, so that has been Almost Got Him, and it definitely got us.
1: Oh, it got us every time. Absolutely. I, getting, I
0: think it will continue to get us. Well, this is one I said. I've watched and anim- watched that infinite item, and I will happily watch again and again and again. And something else that you can do again and again and again is catch this episode and the other shows on the DC Comics News Network. The Original News Podcast, Harley Quinn, um, Mad Love, The Spinnerack, and lots of other wonderful shows on this wonderful network, which you can catch on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts aka iTunes and Google Play and both Dark Knight News and DC Comics News who produce this lovely show can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and YouTube but you sir, Mr Adam Ray where can the multiverse find you? Uh, in the dark recesses
1: of your mind Um, always spooky my my creative works are always out there for those to find if you know where to look for Batman flavoured things you can find me reviewing multiple titles a month on Dark Knight News and DC Comics News you can find me talking and writing about uh, my true love, PC gaming, on our baby Fantastic Universes. And you can find me writing about the thing that has saved and defined my existence, Dungeons and Dragons, on apotheosisstudios.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IzzetTinkerer, I-Z-Z-E-T-Tinkerer. Um... And for visual media, for something spicy for your eye holes when you're not reading, you can find my Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Mastering replays on No Ordinary Heroes on YouTube, and you can find me badly playing PC games with some university (laughs) friends on the hostile atmosphere on YouTube. But you're having fun. Oh, we're having fun every single time, but... uh, Uh, As of time of recording, I just completed some runs of Dead by Daylight with some friends of mine. The horror classic. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Pretty soon, as of when you'll be hearing this, it'll probably be up by now, there will be a How Not to Play as the Wraith, (laughs) piloted by me, and How to Play as the Wraith, piloted by my good friend Will. It's such an interesting kind of killer, but I don't do him well, even though I put some of the most powerful powers on him.
0: It's sad. But... Something to think that we'll we'll find entertaining. Do check these shows out. They are great fun for anyone who's interested in gaming of any kind. Absolutely. As for my ancient weary self... Just type Steve J. Ray into the search engine of choice to get to all my written work across DC Comics News and Dark Knight News, or type in Fantastic Universes for the site Adam and I started, which has grown even further this week, with even more new, wonderful writers joining us. As for me, please chat to me on Twitter at Lstevo, E-L underscore S T-E-E-V-O. Like us, rate us, review us, subscribe, tell us everything we're doing right, and hopefully not too much that we're doing wrong. well, but then again it happens it does happen really but it happens and um, follow us on all those wonderful places but until you do there's something you have to do and what's that son read more comics and watch more
1: Batman thank you for listening bye now (laughs)